couple of scriptures before you are seated. The first verse of Psalms chapter 103. And reading in the King James Version this morning, really the other, any other translation, I think it seems nice and straightforward and clear in this. So we'll read it in the King's English this morning. Psalms 103 and verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. I think we just begin to feel maybe somewhat of the passion that the psalmist David had when he, under the, the unction of the Spirit of the Lord, spontaneously spoke forth these words, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And Second Kings chapter 4 and verse 26, drawing from the middle of the story of the Shunammite woman, Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, this is the prophet speaking, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, it is well. It is well. And it's from these three words of the Shunammite woman, I'd like to take our title this morning, simply, it is well. Amen. Can we pray a blessing on each of our hearts as we hear the word of the Lord this morning? God, I thank you, Lord, for this wonderful atmosphere of praise and worship. And now, God, I pray as our faith has been heightened, Lord, that it would now be enjoined to your word as it goes forth. God, to edify and minister as you deem fit. Lord, hallelujah. We thank you for the promise that your word would not go forth void. God, but we are trusting you to accomplish that which you please in our hearts and in this church this morning. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. It is well. Horatio Gates Spafford was a wealthy Chicago lawyer with a thriving legal practice. He was also a real estate developer with many holdings throughout the city, including multiple properties on Desirable Lake, Michigan. He had a beautiful wife, Anna, four daughters, and a son. His grand Chicago home still stands to this day. He was also a devout Christian, faithful student of the Scriptures, and he counted D.L. Moody among his close personal friends. At the very height of his financial and professional success, Horatio Spafford and his wife Anna suffered the tragic loss of their four-year-old son to scarlet fever. Only months later, still grieving the loss of his boy, on October 8, 1871, the great Chicago fire destroyed almost every real estate investment that Spafford had, leaving him financially ruined. Despite his personal losses, Spafford poured himself into rebuilding the city and providing homes for the thousands who were left homeless by that fire. Aware of the toll that these disasters had taken on the family, Spafford decided to take his wife and four daughters on holiday to England. 
And not only did they need the rest, but D.L. Moody needed the help. D.L. Moody was traveling around Britain on one of his great evangelistic campaigns. And so Horatio and Anna planned to join him in late 1873. And so the Spaffords traveled to New York in November from where they were to catch the French steamer Ville de Havre across the Atlantic. Yet just before they set sail, a last-minute business development forced Horatio to delay. Not wanting to ruin the family holiday, Spafford persuaded his family to go on as planned, and he would follow on later. With this decided, Anna and her four daughters sailed east to Europe while Spafford returned west to Chicago. However, just nine days later, Spafford received a telegram from his wife in Wales, and it simply read, Saved Alone. On November 2, 1873, the Ville de Havre had collided with the Lockarn, an English vessel, and the Ville de Havre sank in only 12 minutes, claiming the lives of 226 people. Anna Spafford stood bravely on the deck with her daughters Annie, Maggie, Bessie, and Tanetta, clinging desperately to her. But her last memory was of her baby being torn violently from her arms by the force of the waters that engulfed her. Anna was only saved from the same fate as her daughters by the plank which floated beneath her, beneath her unconscious body, propping her up. Upon hearing the terrible news, Horatio Spafford boarded the next ship out of New York to join his bereaved wife. During the voyage, the captain of the ship called him to the bridge. He said, a careful reckoning has been made, and I believe we are now passing the very place where the Ville de Havre was wrecked. The water here is three miles deep. Horatio, upon hearing the news, retired to his cabin, but unable to sleep, he penned the lyrics of a great hymn. And I'm not going to quench the spirit by singing it for you this morning. But those lyrics may take on new meaning, understanding the backstory in which they were written. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O oh my soul. And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll, the trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I 
I can scarce fathom. This man retiring to his cabin with everything so heavy upon his heart and yet penning these words. Returning to Psalms 103, we don't exactly know when David wrote these words, but research and tradition supposes that it may have been after David had received mercy and forgiveness for his adultery with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband, Uriah. And yet the child they conceived fell sick and died despite David's prayer and fasting to the contrary. Certainly we know that it was written from a place of weakness and loss, not unlike Horatio Spafford. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. The word bless there in the Hebrew barak means to, to kneel, to be bowed down and bent over from the weight of everything he was bearing. And yet he still said, bless the Lord, O my soul. In the Amplified, it reads, to bless, to affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest within me. All that is deepest, and that's the challenge. All that is deepest, not holding anything back, but blessing the Lord from the deepest, even the darkest, most secret place of ourselves. Not lip service, or not surface blessing, not surface praise, not simply because it's the right atmosphere and it's the convenient thing to do or because those around me are doing it, but from a place where you are convinced that he is the only one that is worthy of such affection and appreciation. He is the only one worthy of such blessing and such praise. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, all his benefits, because it is so easy to get caught up in what is bad and what is negative and everything that is wrong and why things are not the way they should be in my life or not the way they should be in other people's lives. And we are drawn by, the, uh, by our natural man and the news media and everything that is wrong in this world and in this life. And he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Everything that is good and everything that is proper. God, I don't want to forget that. The temptation is to, to focus on the negative, God, but, but help me forget not your benefits, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. At another time when David was on the run, he said in Psalms 34 and verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times, at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. At the, in the good times, and the bad times, in the healthy times, in the sick times, in the hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In those times where <laughs> things are financially certain and in those times where they are financially very uncertain, I'm still going to bless the Lord, hallelujah. At times with friends and in times when I'm isolated and alone, 
At times when I feel like praising the Lord and blessing his name, and at times when I don't feel like, and I feel that I'm justified with so many reasons not to bless the Lord, I will bless the Lord at all times. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The temptation to forget all his benefits is as if one bad thing here and there and and in this moment somehow cancels out even the one good thing that God would do that lasts eternally. David continued in verse 3, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Hallelujah. He's forgiven your iniquities. And if he never does another thing in your life, that is enough. Hallelujah. For his forgiveness to wash you and cleanse you of your iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases, diseases of the body, but more importantly, diseases of the soul, like pride and lust and envy and anger. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Paul told the Corinthians, he had this long list of all of these things. He said, but such were some of you. But now you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified because he has redeemed your life from destruction. Hallelujah. Can you bless the Lord this morning because he's redeemed your life? He brought you back from the brink. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he crowns you. He crowns you his child, his son, and his daughter with loving kindness and tender mercies. Oh, those tender mercies that are renewed every morning. Hallelujah. They never run out. doesn't matter what you've done the day before. You can awake to new and fresh mercies if you call upon him. If you allow yourself to be crowned with those mercies, they will never run out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spafford's hymn was inspired by the words of the Shunammite woman who, after giving up hope of ever having a child, miraculously bore a son at the word of the prophet Elijah. But one day in the field, all of a sudden the boy cried, my head, my head, and died shortly thereafter as she held her only child in her lap. And yet her response is extraordinary. Reading in 2 Kings chapter 4 at verse 22, It says that she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses, that I may run to the man of God and come again. And her husband said, Where? Why? Why do you want to go to him today? It is neither new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, It shall be well. It shall be well. In that moment, she had faith for the future. She said, it shall be well. But continuing to read in the same passage, skipping to verse 25, so she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to Gehazi, his servant, behold yonder, is that Shunammite? Run now, I pray thee, to meet her and say unto her, is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? When Gehazi had reached her and asked her these questions, her response had changed because she answered, It is 
well. It is well. You see, somewhere along her journey, from the point that she began to the point that she came to the man of God, not unlike Horatio Spafford on his journey, her faith went from it shall be well, I have hope for the future that everything's going to turn out all right, from future faith to right now faith that it is, it is well. Her boy wasn't breathing. He was still dead. And yet she said, it is well. Her faith in that moment was not in some future result, but her faith was in her present realization. And this was not a denial of her circumstances. No, because faith is not, <laughs> faith is not deluding ourselves into thinking that what you're going through does not exist. That's not faith. That's insanity. This was not a a denial of her circumstances, but somewhere along the way, she calculated that if all the good and bad of her life's circumstances were weighed out, despite what she was experiencing in the moment, that she'd still come out so far ahead. And her response to that realization was, it is well. It is well. Because we have this promise, reading from Psalms 103, verse 17. We have this promise as David himself learned in his repentance. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. To such as keep his covenant and to those that remember his commandments to do them. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. Not it shall be. Not I hope in some future sense or circumstance, whatever may come, that it shall be. It, it, it will be good enough at that time. No, it is. It is. As we stand here this morning, I'm going to call you to prayer to this altar in just a moment. But whether you are like the Shunammite woman who faced difficult circumstances through no fault of her own, you've done what is right. She didn't, she didn't ask the prophet for a son. He knew that that was a desire of her heart, and so God granted it. But she, she didn't ask. She hadn't done anything wrong. Horatio Spafford was doing good. He was helping people. He was going to go on crusade, and yet... He suffered loss after loss after loss in his life. So whether you are like the Shunammite woman who faced difficult circumstances through no fault of her own, whether you are like David, whose sin brought brokenness and loss to his life, but whose sin also brought the need for repentance in his life. In this altar this morning, you can move from it shall be well to it is well. 
You don't have to simply hope that it, it might work out at some point in the future. No, you can step into this altar this morning and say, God, I believe that it is well. Despite my circumstances, despite what I see with my eyes, despite what others may say, I believe it is well. You can move from his mercy shall be everlasting to his mercy is everlasting in my life right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can move from God shall be righteous to God is righteous in my life, in my family, unto my children right now, this morning in this altar. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Would you come at this time? Would you respond to the Lord and his word, his message for us this morning? Hallelujah. Whatever circumstances you may be facing, you can step into this altar and say, Oh, God, I don't understand it all, but I'm still going to bless you, God. Hallelujah. I'm not going to look to the future, but I'm going to claim it in this moment that it is well, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever loss, whatever brokenness there may be, God. Hallelujah. It is well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your promises. Thank you, God, that your mercy is from everlasting to everlasting, God. And I can claim it and apply it. Lord, it was renewed again this morning as you we awoke, Lord. Hallelujah. God, and we pleaded upon us. We thank you, God. Lord, your righteousness, Lord, unto children, your children, your sons and your daughters.